Captain. Raging review. The Raging Cajuns will be a source of pride for this university, for the alumni, fans, and donors as we achieve success in the classroom, in the competitive arena, and in the community. It's about to get really fun. We're looking for dudes that will stand up. Well, Coach, let me tell you today, I'm here and I'm ready to stand up. And I challenge you, Raging Cajun Nation, to stand up with us. Stand up with us. Let's lock hand in hand. And let's walk through the gates of Omaha. Hey, I love y'all boys. Let's grind every day starting today. Let's do it. Y'all ready? Alarm! Alarm! Ready! Who's that team ready? Who's that team ready? That's up! I got one thing to say right here. Cajun win! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Rage and Review podcast. Josh, Jerry, and Nick are not with you today. Nick is indisposed at the moment, and uh, I'm filling in. And I think that Jerry may make a, an appearance, may 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 not. Riding solo for now. Uh, it was too important not to do a a post game. You know, anytime you play a a big opponent, Power 5 opponent, you really want to get the reaction of the fans. I saw a ton of interaction on, on social media. I have a plenty, obviously, have plenty of thoughts, of course. Uh, and I want to get you guys' thoughts. This is one of those games where, you know, everybody watches. There's a lot of interest. So I'm going to lean on your comments tonight or this afternoon. It's weird not having a post game at night. Having it in the afternoon is fun, but it's also a little bit different. So different audience, I can already see. Different participants, uh, some players already in the space. Happy to have you guys again, as we always do. Uh, but I, I want to get into the game. Uh, most importantly, you go on the road to a team that's been struggling, but you know they're well coached. You know, P.J. Fleck is a proven commodity as a head coach. Minnesota has been ranked um, and, and challenged for a Big Ten Western or Eastern uh, title just last year. Or uh, maybe it was year before, but they've been in the mix for quite some time. Um, it's a good program, has been for a long time. You you gotta recognize the opponent that you have, and uh, we played with them as we expected to. We all thought we had the talent to be able to compete. I felt like we did that, especially in the first half. You gotta be excited with you know you got four possessions and you turn three into points. That's something that uh, you know you can hang your hat on. Something you feel good about going into halftime. Uh, but before we start getting to the game, I just want to say, you know, you set the table. Minnesota on the road, first time Zeon's in a, in a ruckus environment like that. First time that our team, our young team offensively, is in a ruckus environment like that. You absolutely have to keep that in mind when you're evaluating what you saw on, on, on TV today. Uh, I thought that mostly we competed at a high level. Again, this is a team that has the talent that you think they have, um, but they continue to shoot themselves in the foot. Uh, we had some procedure penalties that put us in bad spots on third downs. We had some you know, big plays negated by penalties. We had plenty of opportunities uh, throughout the entire game. Second half was a little bit messier than the first, but you got to feel like you put yourself in a position to be successful. Excuse me. Uh, and just at the end of the day, we didn't make a couple of plays that needed to be made. Uh, there's one play in particular Early in the third quarter, and this probably won't stand out to many, but 
We had just gotten a first down. Big play over the top to Jacob Bernard in the up the seam on a third and seven or eight. It was a third and long. Zeon put a great ball on him, catches the ball. We get up. We're at about the 50-yard line, somewhere around midfield. And on first down, we go to Harvey. Ball hits him in the numbers for an eight-yard gain, and we drop the football. That happened so many times, not necessarily dropping the football on a first down play, but winning first and second down was so important in this game, and we had opportunities to do that but we shot ourselves in the foot. But this is anecdotal, and I understand that. But Harvey drops the ball. It would have been second and two. Second and two from the 42 rather than second and 10 from the 50. That The playbook totally changes. The opportunities and the options that you have totally changes on a play like that because second and two, when you're coming off of a big play, hey, maybe you have the opportunity to go deep again. You know, maybe... Maybe some some uh, RPO there uh, loosens up the field a little bit. Instead, you're second and long, and you're going to have to run the football on second down because you don't want to hurry up and turn the football back over. And as Nick joins the broadcast, Nick, welcome. Uh, I was just talking about early in the third quarter there when I think it was our first possession of the third quarter. Zeon hits Jacob up the seam for that big play, 30, 40 yards. We're first and 10 at the 50. We go to Harvey on a hard... Uh, slant and in and he drops the ball and rather than being second and two we're second and ten so it totally changes the way we're going to approach that that entire offensive series and I, and I was using that as an, an anecdotal story to say how many times did we put ourselves behind the sticks because of procedural penalties or are you know drop balls are you know missing holes are there's just so many different things assignments on the right side of the offensive line was an issue today how many times do we have issues because of self-inflicted wounds. Well, I'll say it again, and I'll say it every week. It's a lack of attention to detail. I'm not going to say a lack of attention to detail. It's, um, I, I mean, how else can I put it without saying it's lack of attention to detail? We, we, It's a little things. And when you go into a game against the Minnesota where they're expecting to blow you out, even though you know you can compete, you can't make those mistakes. And we said going in, you can't turn the ball over. You got to be better on special teams, which we were a little bit better. I mean, they bailed us out on the first kickoff of the game. Thank God. Hey, but thank you so much for saying that because look, you got to give it to special teams. It wasn't fantastic. It wasn't an A++. But it was better. But you can win with a special teams performance across the board like we had today. I mean, look, Leo kicked the ball out of bounds on that first one, like you said, and we got bailed out. We got bailed out. So outside of that, though, I mean, look, it was better. I think it was, it was early, early in or late in the second quarter. No, no, it was early in the third quarter when we kicked off to them. We kicked it to the ten yard line, and they they ran it out to the eighteen. Yeah. So juxtapose eighteen to thirty five. Now on that on that kick, they went eighty yards in six minutes and scored. That doesn't help my point. But what I'm trying to say is is that you put yourself in a much better position when they have the ball at the eighteen rather than the thirty five, and that's kind of something we've been talking about every week. Special teams has got to give a better effort, and I got to give them kudos for this week because they did. They 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 came out and played. Yeah, and I feel like um, I feel like that one of the turning points in the game was when we were, uh, you know, we they, we gave them good field position. We went for the fourth down, and we didn't make it. We gave them great field position, and then you are, are on second down. It's about to be third and long, and this this awful pass interference call on on our defensive back. That was just brutal. I mean, their wide receiver had his hands not only on his his face mask, it was inside of his face mask. 
and they're going to call. And, and I mean, that that referee was just so very sure on how who he was going to show us. He was going to call it on us. I mean, it's sad. You know, you go into those games having to play not only the team, but also the officiating. But when you see it, it's it's like, come on, man. Like, I'm not asking you to give me any preferential treatment, but there is nobody on the field that didn't see that. And, and you're going to call it the other way. That's just laughable and terrible. And if that's the best Big Ten officiating you got, man, that 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 was just bad. To me, that was a turning point in the game where you kind of felt the air going out because you had a chance to stop them yet again on defense. Well, that was the third that down was just play. Too much. Any, it, uh, was it? Have... I thought it was second down. Uh, I thought it was it, third. It might have been second. You might be right. I, I was watching with a bunch of people, so <laughs> I don't know if I have all the details right. I, I think it was third down. may have not been, so don't hold me to it. But look. You never want to leave it in the hands of the officials on the road against a P5. Never. But let's do it like this. The last time, last post game, we kind of got lost in the weeds. So let me reset this way. I want to start with, first of all, the overall performance of the team. You have to, you have to take your hat off. I said it on, on my account on Twitter, and I will say it here. We have too much talent on this roster. Some of it's young. And I even said so. I said as much at the beginning of the show where this is the first time this young offense has gone on the road in that environment. This is the first time Zeon Chris started a game. Let me tell you something right now. If you're not impressed by how he played in the first half of that football game, I don't know what to say to you because that was something special. A guy like that on the road, and look, I know they didn't get the turnout that they expected, but it's still a Big Ten crowd. You could still hear it on the broadcast. People were involved. People, were, It's still a big it's a P5 Big Ten road contest, and people can tell me how good they think Minnesota is. I'm going to tell you right now, based on the competition that they're going to see, they might win two more games. Agreed. I don't think they're very good at all. I thought that we beat ourselves way more often than they beat us. Did I think that, and I thought this before the game started, we have an undersized, fast, athletic defensive line. That is the way we we're built to win. That's always going to struggle against a 6'5", 6'6", Center, guard, tackle across the board, 340, 360. These guys had beef across the, the offensive line. We already knew that that was going to probably be the matchup, and it proved to be so. But I'm going to tell you right now, I was actually really impressed with the, the linebacker play. I was impressed by Sonny and Mason that, that really held their own in the middle. There were some spots late in the second quarter and early in the third where they got gashed. I thought that that was a lot more of the eye candy that P.J. Fleck and that offense ran where, you know, it kept the, the, the linebackers on their heels where they had to see motion in the backfield. I thought it was more on that than it was their offensive line pushing around our D-line. So I give a lot of credit to the defensive line. I mean, that was the way that they wanted to beat you was line up and punch it, you know, shove it down your throat. For the most part, we held them in check. I mean, they were getting three and four yards, but they weren't ripping off big plays. So, yeah, but so, Sonny's Sonny's got to be better on on his his discipline because there were there were some silly penalties from him no during this game. I think he had a couple of big big penalties, so he's got to get smarter there as well. But he, I, I agree. I don't think they played terribly. I just what going into the game, knowing in the trenches how uh, undersized we were versus their guys, right? Uh, that worried me a little bit. I thought we would have to contain them on the edge because they were going to get, I mean, they were going to run the ball. I don't care if you put me in there. Those, those big linemen were going to open up holes, which they did. But I thought, I, I just thought we'd have to beat them on the edge and they just impose their will at in times in critical times of the game for them to get that big lead. I agree. I don't honestly, if you go back and look at the game, 
between the tackles, they had a little bit of success, but marginal, all things considered. Where they ripped off some big runs was off the edge, and they set the edge a few times, and you got to give their offensive line some credit. I and still their wide think, receivers made some good catches, no too. Question. you got to give them give them some uh, some props. There was a time in the third quarter where uh, the guys, the, the quarterback, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce his name properly, but he was literally being tackled, falling down, delivers a ball a little high to a crosser, uh, and it only it was like a seven-yard completion, but it set up a, a short third down. And those are the kind of plays that, that that offense needs in order to be successful. It also is kind of what we wanted to do. We wanted to go and control the ball in the short passing game, and too many times we didn't make that play. And I thought that that was um, symbolic in the game where, you know, you got a Harvey Broussard that's making these shallow crosses and he's supposed to be the release valve and the safety blanket. And too many times we didn't find him or he didn't make a play. And I'm not saying it's on him. I'm just saying you got to make those small plays to, to stay in front of the sticks. We didn't stay on schedule often enough. In fact, I'm still gonna, we're, we're still a big play offense. To this point, we're still a big play offense. I have a question for you. So Kaliak Manis... That's how you say it, by the way. I practice that. I actually have the pronunciation on my screen, so I don't screw it up. So Kaliak Manis, a couple of times during that game, they they did the whole rugby style. We're going to push yep. the, the, I forgot what, what team does it. Is it whatever in the NFL? Kevin Foote was losing his mind off of that. He hates it. Well, because it's, it should be illegal. I mean, it just. Well, that's what, that's what I was going to ask you. Do you think it should be illegal? Because it used to be not necessarily illegal, but they would blow the whistle as soon as that, that pile would get together and start pushing. They don't do that anymore. So I think that's something they need to address. Are they going, or have they addressed it? Is that now allowed, or it's been is, allowed? It's been allowed okay. the last couple of seasons. But the thing is, is that it's it's impossible to defend. The ball is in the hand of the the quarterback, and his. So the reason why I think it should be illegal is because when his momentum is stopped for seventy years, that is down. You're down at that point. What they do is allow this running back to come up behind him or fullback or whatever it is and just continue to push the momentum once it's stopped. Or the entire, like... Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> the, the thing is, at that I mean, point, the ball carrier is no longer pushing the pile. It's somebody his momentum else. Is, right, his momentum's being... It's almost like a forward progress, exactly. right? His forward progress has stopped, Correct. and now we're pushing him. Correct. So uh, I don't get that. I think I think it should be illegal. I hate it. I, I, I don't know how many times they converted. Was it three times on third down by just... Lining up and pushing the quarterback forward. I was I was texting with with one of my buddies, and I was like, anytime they're getting it, you know, third and, and two or less than three, I mean, they're gonna get it because they have, they have you know two tons of weight pushing one guy across the line. They're gonna get it every single time. I agree, and I I I stand by. I always thought it was a terrible rule that they changed, but you know, it is what it is, and we got to deal with it. And it's not an excuse. By no means is that why we lost the game. No. Credit to them for putting themselves in a third and short. That's that really is uh, the battle there. Get in the third and short and make them make a play. Uh, but again, I go back to the first half and I'm trying my best to stay on the rails. The first half, you got to give credit to the Cajun staff. They had a good offensive game plan. They ran the type of offense that we expect them to run. They made some big plays happen. They they loosened up. Uh, the back end of the Minnesota defense who likes to play in the box. Minnesota's got one hell of a great safety. Uh, he, he made the interception uh, down there on the sideline in the, at the beginning or middle of the third quarter. I thought that Zeon, you know, again, he's young, okay? He's going to make these mistakes. I thought he had an opportunity to make a play. I thought he slightly underthrew the ball, but you got to give that safety 
some credit. He's going to be an NFL guy. That was also a turning point in the game because even though we were going tit for tat, this was right after uh, they stopped us on that just dreadful fourth down call. I, if we, you want to spend some time on that, I mean, look, I, I, I love Mike for being aggressive. All right, I, I. There's so many things that are so predictable in football these days. The way you get an edge is to do something you're not supposed to do, right? I totally understand that. First possession of the second half, you're down four at the time. You're on your side of the 50, and you go for it there. I, I don't know, man. I said before he hiked the ball, Mike, please don't go for it. Just please don't. <laughs> I said the same thing. We had about – I still have – by the way, the reason I'm late and didn't get this started, and thank you, Josh, again for – for getting this going is because I have a house full of people and they're all in the pool right now drunk, so they don't care I'm here. So, but 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 you had 15 people in my house going, what is he doing? He's going to draw them off sides. I they're going to so try too. to draw them off sides and, and not do it. And I got kind of pissed off at, at the time. Looking back, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it, it's almost like you're showing your hand, like you're scared. Like, Thank like you. we got to get this, right? So it, and that's it, the problem I had with it. It felt like some desperation, right? Right. They just walked down the field 60, uh, you know, 80 yards for six minutes, and if I don't keep the ball, my defense is tired. And, you know, I, I it reeked of desperation to me. I agree with you 100%. That's what I hate about it the most. Yeah, now, that's why I didn't like it. Now, the defense comes up, makes a you know, great stand, uh, three and out. They kick the ball to us, and then we throw the pick. That's why it was so devastating. It was like, all right, we got off the mat. We made the stop we needed interception was it ill-advised I don't know you know I think he had an opportunity to make a play I thought the ball should be out in front but I don't know Nick I, Nick I think we this is why I don't want to be a big play offense I don't want the kids to think we got to make a big play to score I don't want them to think that the only way that this is going to work out is if we score or if we make a big play like I, we need to be able to be methodical and in the first half, we were somewhat methodical, and I, I had, I felt great about that. Ball control. Well, we won the time of possession. Exactly, in the first half. ball control against a team like Minnesota. That's what you got to do to win. Yeah, they're 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 a, a human rain delay. I mean, that, oh my I, I don't gosh. know about you, but that's boring to watch. I mean, they get, ultimately it, it wins in ball games, and they got the win. But good God, that's just hard to watch. If I'm the home team, just. <laughs> but, blows you to sleep. But they win. It's winning they football. Do. That's what I'm saying. It's they winning win. football. One thing that that I love about Zeon being under centers, I mean, there's a multitude of things, but he he takes the top off the defense. He makes you play honest football, honest defense, but he can create when things break down. You saw him do that a couple times in the first half, not as much in the second half. Uh, there was a time where, um, I don't know if it was a third or fourth down, but we had maybe five yards to go, and we we ran a quarterback keeper. People are going to get mad about that. But I thought it was a smart move because, look, they spread out the defense, and it was a call of quarterback keep, and I think he got like two yards, and we, and we ended up not getting the first down. He gives you that option, though. What Zeon does is he gives our offense multiple options. Are we going to run the short, intermediate passing game, control the clock, run the football? Are we going to run that? Awesome. That's how we. I think that we can win a lot of games that way. I thought we could win the game today that way. Um. At the same time, he gives you the opportunity to break big plays. One thing that I thought that we would run more today were the, were the bubble screens, the slip screens, and the screens to the backs. You didn't see much of that, if any of it. That surprised me because Minnesota really started creeping up later in the game. 
Did that surprise you? Um, yeah, I mean, at that point, I, I didn't care what they did. <laughs> I just wanted them to move the ball down the field and get some points. Right. Um, so did it looking back now that you're mentioning it? Yeah. But look, you you do have to give credit to the Minnesota defense. Like you said, I don't know that they're gonna be more than a middle of the pack Big Ten team this year. But their defense is known for being really good. Joe Rossi is a really, really good defensive coordinator. So you've got to get a long time. That's right. I mean, that the the adjustments that they made at halftime clearly worked. And um, props to Zion, because after he made that that second mistake, he uh, he he threw the ball. I mean, you almost you almost had to tell him, dude, that's that's almost grounding, like throwing it into the second row of the seats. Like, but he made a point that he wasn't going to try to throw it away because that's really when he gets in trouble is when he's trying to throw it away. And I do think he's intending to throw the ball away, but I, he's having some brain lapses at that point. So uh, I do appreciate that it looked like he recognized the problem and <laughs> clearly tried to throw it to the students in the second row. Uh, and look, I appreciate that. And I'm 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 here. I'm going to be a defender of Zion. I don't care what he does for the rest of the season. That guy was the best football player on the field for three quarters of that game. Correct. He's gonna 100%. make mistakes. He's learning. He he's still diagnosing defense. He's still look, he's learning the tree. He's learning a whole lot real quickly. All right. And I knew that was gonna happen. This was a major test for Zion, and if you really stop and think about the majority of the performance, it's a win. Look, the rollout interception where he throws it to the, I, I think that was a safety that kind of crept up. You had Neil out in the flat, and then somebody else on a cross or on a stop. I don't remember who, I, maybe it was Robinson that had stopped there. I can't remember the play, but... You know, I would like him. I would have liked him to go down to to kneel there, and and not just because I always want to throw it to the tight end, but because that was probably the smarter throw. I, I know what he was. You can look at the play behind where he was, and you can see what he was trying to do. I totally understand it. I saw what he saw. I think that as he matures in his position and more reps and more time on the field, he doesn't try to do that. I think he takes the easy four yards instead of tries to rip off the nine. I don't hate it. I mean, I'm not going to get mad at the guy for that. I don't, of course, you never want to turn the football over, but this is part of the maturation process, Nick. And we said it early when he got in there, we're going to have to live and die on this kind of stuff. But I'm going to say it again. He was the best football player on the field, period, for two teams for three quarters of that game. And I will tell you, the the Homer Big Ten uh, play-by-play and color guy said the same thing. They said, Zeon Chris is the best athlete on the field right now. 100% 100% he was. But look, look, social media is brutal. Trust me. I know. I get into it with TSAP fans all the time. <laughs> but nobody on social media is calling him out on this because they know the deal. I mean, we've got knowledgeable fans that know this is a young kid that's getting his first start in a Big Ten environment. He's going to make mistakes. He made him last week. Nobody bit his head off. He made him this week. Nobody bit his head off. Now, if we're going into next season, the guy's still, still throwing interceptions that we're going to have a conversation. But you clearly see the potential that he has. If he cleans that up, holy cow, that's going to be be really dangerous. So, yeah, he's going to learn, and we said it from the beginning, and everybody knew it, and nobody is complaining about it. Don't complain about it, you know, in, in three or four more games. But, again, next year, he's got to clean that up if, if he's going to be a year-two starter. But, again, you clearly saw the most talented athlete on the field today was Ian Chris. The tools are there. The, the intelligence is there. The guy completely changes the way you defend this offense. 
It's not even a question anymore, and I don't want to hear anything about anything else. If we have a drop-back pro-style quarterback in the game today, we lose 45 nothing. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I just don't think that we generate the amount of offense that Zeon. Listen, Zeon gives you 14 things to think about, and, and a typical stand-in-the-pocket type of quarterback gives you half of that. You know, I mean, look, I'm riding for the guy because, you know, we, we saw what we saw in the spring and we said he should have been the day one starter. But the fact of the matter is, is now it's on tape. Now it is obvious. Now there is no going back. This is our offense. We got to grow from here. Mike and Tim have got to grow from here. I thought that their, their scripted first few were great. I, I thought that the second half, I thought they could have helped them a little bit more. Again, I'll go back to this. Look. Yeah, exactly. Great. Carson's right on. We need more creativity in, in this regard. Give me a jet sweep here and there. I don't want to see more than two jet sweeps. I just want the threat of the jet sweep. Give me some sort of, and we do a lot of misdirection stuff. Don't get me wrong. Maybe a little more pistol. I, I just need to see some motion in the backfield. I think it helps, especially with a man-man defense. I just think we need to make the other team think. Yes. Like you said, we need to show it. We need to get it on tape so you make them doubt what we're going to do next. Might look like we're doing this, but we're doing that. And you throw that in with Zeon's capability as a runner, passer, you know, great vision, then that makes you even more dangerous on offense. Give them as many looks as they can possibly get. And look, we're getting into the it's conference season. All right, we got Texas State coming up, we got Georgia State coming up. They get there none of those teams have the physicality of a Minnesota. Do I think Minnesota was a good football team? No, I don't. I, I mean, I just don't. I've watched them play two other times, and I watched them play today. I think that without a couple of young mistakes, I think that without putting ourselves in a longer down and distance rather than third and two, we're at third and seven, or we're third and three, and we're third and seven, third and eight, there's a few times that that happened. The ability to keep the ball in our hands in the second half changes that entire game. And I think a lot of that is inexperience. I think a lot of that is just cleaning up details. When we clean up details, and I will say this, Nick, I thought this was probably, uh, as far as boneheaded mistakes, I think we did a C-plus job in boneheaded mistakes in this game, whereas you know, in, in the previous few games, it was probably more like a D-minus. We did better. We, we're, I will say that. We did better because it didn't feel like the, the penalties, except for that one stupid penalty that wasn't a penalty, didn't feel like they were game-changing penalties. Exactly. Now, you still don't want it. You still don't want it. But, uh, you know, a holding when when the, the game is out of hand and a holding when you're third and five and you're driving to score or tie or whatever, that's different. Now, we said this last year, and I'm going to ride for Mike in this regard. When you watch this team play, nobody can tell me they're not getting better. Okay, last year, we got off to a slow start. There's a whole lot of issues that we had. We had cluster injuries on the offensive line, which, by the way, shout out to the offensive line once again. Um, Minnesota was able to get pressure in the second half because they started to sell out, and we talked about them creeping up a little bit. So, you know, mainly on the edges, by the way. Nobody's pushing Nobody's pushing anything up the, up the middle. Shout out to Landon Burton, who's just becoming an outstanding center. Guards are playing well. The edges we need to solidify. It's not bad, Nick. It's not bad. But but we need to give Zeon a little bit more time to survey. So shout out to the offensive line. But last year, offensive line cluster injuries. We had so many things that people didn't even know about. The team got better, 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 and better. 
That's why I rode for Mike all the way through. I'm going to say the same thing this season so far, okay? There's not a game where we have taken a gigantic step back. We are, we are progressively getting better. ODU was an outlier in this regard. That offensive coordinator from Fordham, Fordham ran some wild stuff, stacked wide. You know, guys are standing on the boundary line, and they're just handing it off on a three-man front with one, one, running, or one linebacker and no safeties. I mean, that was wild. Okay, it's been solved since then, but at the same time, if it's the first time you ever see it, I can see how it gives you problems. I want that one back, though, man. I, I think I think we win the game. I think we win the yeah. game. If we play him tomorrow, we win that game. Uh, but anyway, since then, we've gotten better and better and better. We've improved in, in small doses across the board. Special teams is a great example. We talked about it earlier. If we're going to win games and we're going to win co- close conference games, look, we got TJ Finley next week. If we're gonna if we're gonna neutralize that attack, we have to be more disciplined. I know the guys know it. I hope that the coaches preach it. I know defensively, Giuliani and Coach Scott and all those guys, Lamar, they are detail oriented. I know them. I know that who the guys that they are. I know that they're preaching that. How are we going to respond? Who are the leaders on this team? I think we know who the leaders are, but specifically, this is a time to lead. This is a time to say, okay, we're five games in. This is where we are. We're going into conference. We got a team that's on the rise, obviously, Texas State. We got Georgia State. Uh, did Georgia State win today? Did they play yet? Uh, I don't know that they played yet. Let me pull up the scores. You have a pot- There's a possibility that Georgia State comes in undefeated or with one loss for homecoming. And man, that's a gigantic game at Cajun Field. I got to see these leaders step up and say, hey, young boy, young guys, young fellas, hey, you got to be more disciplined. Watch the football. You know, you know, know your discipline. Stay sound. This is how you progress over the course of a season. I feel like I see a little bit of it every week. Yeah, so um, interesting score. No, they, okay, first, a couple of interesting scores. I got to throw this out here. Arkansas State is leading UMass 30-7 to in, the, in the first half. They've, they, they're, it's only in the second quarter. They scored 30 and they've got seven minutes left in the in the second quarter. Bush Jones oh. heard y'all wanting to fire him, and now all of a sudden, <laughs> ODU is leading Marshall in the second quarter, twenty to ten. Whoa! What? Yeah, yeah. You see, Georgia State plays Troy tonight, so no, they haven't played yet. That'll be an interesting game. Hey, by the way, I want to encourage anybody to chime in to speak. Uh, like I said earlier, we're we're leaning on your comments because it's one of those games, man. Uh, it's a big, it's, it's, it's a P5 opponent. It's a Big Ten opponent. It's, it's, people have a lot of uh, reactions to those kind of games. So chime in. We'll get you on the show and we'll talk. But go, going, back to, going back to the attention to detail, Josh, I want to I ask you this question. So there's been some chatter about where the attention to detail, the blame lies. Is it the players? Is it the coaching? Is it because they don't, you know, live in dorms during camp or whatever <laughs> you know is it so what do you think is is the lack of attention to detail to me that's a coaching thing to me that's not necessarily what you do that's how you prepare all year like you're on time you have a set schedule it's a napier thing right everybody knows where they need to be at what time and and, and when do you think that is that that we've lost some of that going from napier to des or do you think it's just it's just happenstance but we've seen it for two seasons. So I'm trying to understand how you get that fixed because 
again, we've seen it. We saw it last year. There was a lot of undisciplined play last year. It's albeit it's getting a little better this year, but that's only a, a small sample size in this game. Where do you think the, the blame lies and how do you fix it at this point? I think that detail comes from the top. I've always thought that if you look at any well-run business, detail comes from the top. Look at the way they make their letterhead. Look at the way their sign out front of the of the business is. It looks. Look at how clean the office is. That has always been something that I thought came from the coach or the boss or whoever. And um, I get. I mean, look. I coach seven and five year olds. They do what we tell them to do. If we tell them to, you know, focus on lining up properly and focus on where the position on the field is supposed to be. That's what they care about. Now, they might not be great goal scorers or they may you know, not great passers, but they know where to be. Um, so I don't know. I, you know, it was Napier stickler for the details? Absolutely. We know that he basically documented every moment of his life in a journal. That is a detail-oriented type of person. Do I think Mike is not detail-oriented? Hard to say. Uh, I don't know him to that degree. I would say that he was in high school football, and anybody who's ever coached around high school football knows the details literally win you the games. I mean, go talk to Sonny Chaponche. You know, go go talk to anybody that has had a, a long run of success in high school football. You can literally, you can literally go undefeated in seasons by just paying attention to the details. So I don't know, Nick. I you know, I know it's been there's a lot been made of it. Does it matter where you sleep during uh, spring camp or I'm sorry, fall camp? I don't know. Man, I don't know. I, I, you know, maybe, maybe there's a camaraderie formed. I think that leadership also on the team really, really matters. If you have really strong leadership, um, there's a couple of times, a couple of post games ago, you heard Johnny Lumpkin call in. Johnny was in the program like six years. Like, who wouldn't play for that guy? Who wouldn't listen to that guy? You know what I mean? Like, the amount of leadership. Think about it. We have three seniors on defense and two seniors on offense starting. So not only do you have to be an older, more seasoned guy on the field, I mean, I think that matters. I think that, that your longevity that, matters on the field. Now you're going to where I was going. This is a young team. We've said it so many times. And with a young team comes things like, like with Zion, mistakes, penalties, things that you want to bang your head against the wall, just like if you have a kid. I don't have a kid, but I have a dog, and it's the same thing. They do stuff that make drives you nuts, and you're like, why are you doing this? I told you 40 times. So I think that has a little bit to do with it. I think next year we're going to get a better feel for, for where we are with that. But I think I feel like we're moving maybe in a better direction, in the right direction. But I need a bigger sample size to understand that. Do I think uh, – Do I? Yeah, I'm with you. I think it starts at the top. But do I think it uh, – do I think where you sleep at camp matters? I mean, we're, we're we're not talking about, you know, sixth grade industrial arts camp or 4-H camp or whatever. We're talking about, you know, these are adults. They're still kids, but they're still 18, 19, 20-year-olds. They're old enough to know the difference between right or wrong. So I don't know if I buy into that. I just think there's a lot of youth that just needs a little bit of growing up and a little bit um, more parenting and discipline in their lives. And I already know what people are going to say. Oh, well, there's always an excuse. Oh, they're young. Oh, they're the transfers and... Look, dude, yes, you're right. Like, our traditional way of looking at how teams are built will change, uh, mostly because we have a lot. Well, I know Mike is not going to necessarily lean on the portal for lots of things, but we're going to get plucked. It doesn't matter. Going forward, it does not matter how you look at the landscape of college football. We will get plucked. 
Like, if you think that Zeon's not getting offers already in his DMs, it's happening. If you think that uh, Kendra Gant and 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 uh, Casey Osai, who has a brother playing for the Cincinnati Bengals, is not getting – if you don't think that they're getting DMs uh, with, hey, holler at us about they our They might NIL, not, Josh. They might not, but their uncle – or their aunt, or their mama, or their daddy. Somebody's being contacted. It. Somebody's getting contacted to say, hey, talk to them. Tell them I can offer them some money. And That's it, what's so dirty about all of it's this. It's an unfortunate reality, but it is where we are. Okay, it is where we are. Uh, but this is who we have. So one thing that I'm really thrilled about this particular coaching staff is they tend to develop talent. Look at how young we were on defense last year and all the mistakes we made. We have the same coaching staff. Nobody has, has nobody left. We have no defections. Look at the defense now. Now, today we got a couple of lumps. Some of it was turnovers. I get it. But the fact of the matter is, is that we're built differently. Okay, we're not going to have a lot of Minnesota-type offenses in the Sun Belt. We are built to win a Sun Belt title. We're, we're, we're built to win a league championship. The way that we're going to do that is by being lean, fast, and smart. That's how we're going to play defense. Today we got a little bit pushed around. It is what it is. That That's going to happen. You can't build your team to beat everybody in, uh, in Division One football. Bill Belichick used to build the Patriots to beat Peyton Manning. He just so happened to beat everybody else because beating Peyton, Peyton Manning uh, just so happened to make you a good football team across the board. We don't necessarily have that type of deal. We're not, we're not trying to play 31 teams. We're playing 131 teams. So it is what it is. Uh, I'm not excusing the loss today. I thought we should have won. I thought, you know, I had... One of our great followers and listeners, uh, Chris Lano, who used to play for the Cajuns, um, he said that, that Minnesota was the better team today. I totally disagree that with that. I told Chris publicly, so this is not anything that, you know, this is not a private conversation. I said, well, they weren't a better team. We, we, they beat us on the line. Off, their offensive line and our defensive line was a mismatch based on how we were built. Even with that said, we stood up and fought. We stood up and fought, and, and, and we kept our own. For a, long, a big portion of that game, we beat ourselves with untimely penalties, turnovers, and just not capitalizing on a couple of opportunities. That team wasn't better than us. I think they played better than us today, honestly. Well, they, in, no, in certain no aspects. they executed better than us. They executed. That, that's, a, that's a better way of saying and, it. And, and that's, it, there's so many games that's going to come down to that. They executed better than we did. When we played UAB, Nick, we weren't miles better than UAB. They couldn't execute on offense. They couldn't execute on defense. We just so happened to execute everything that night. When you go out there and look, again, I'll go back to the anecdotal story. Harvey Broussard has a ball hit him in the numbers on first and 10 from the 50. And instead of being second and two, which totally changes the options of the playbook, it's still second and 10. That is execution. That changes a football game. Yeah, and I think, again, I will look back to <laughs> it was a size mismatch in the trenches, but we still held our own. I won't say that we got totally dominated up and down the field. At some points, they, they especially those rugby-style plays, they they kind of, um, you know, whatever they wanted to do at that point, they were able to push push across the line. But I think as a whole, I'm proud of the team that that went in there today in Minnesota. I, don't, I'm, I hope they're not hanging their heads today. I don't think they are because... I think uh, we had opportunities to to have a different type of of turnout, but look again when you're playing these these teams on the road, or really for the for the rest of the season, any team on the road, 
it's going to come down to a few key plays in that game that really change. I mean, we talked about it. We talked about that awful PI call. We talked about Harvey dropping the ball. Um, it could there it possibly when uh, at the first drive when Zeon overthrew Meagle in the end zone, that could have been a game changing play that we don't score. That's it. You know, but we did. We ended up scoring. But it's those it's those, you know, there are so many little things in the game that really change the whole complexion of the game. And uh, today was a microcosm of that. You saw that a couple of different times. And if you execute on some of the things that that we failed at and don't, don't have turnovers, we might be we might be having a happier post game. But I'm not holding my head down today. I'm proud of the guys, how they represented the university, and and I look forward to the rest of the season. I'm also proud of the effort, and and it needs to be said. I'm proud of the effort, but I also know this team well enough to know they're not into moral victories. They wanted to win a football game when it was 17-14 going into half. I know that you could see it. I mean, the effort was totally there, Nick. By the way, anybody who wants to speak, please request. We'll get your comments in. Mr. Jimmy, the floor is yours. Thanks for requesting, sir. How y'all doing? Good, man. How are you? Man, look, I, I appreciate I, I see Terry's not on. I appreciate y'all being, <laughs> you know, positive today. You know what I'm saying? But honestly, man, um, really impressed with the way we play, to be honest. Um, like I said, I mean, I've been listening to it and I have a lot going on, but, you know, Zion is going to have those mistakes because he's learning. You know what I'm saying? And I'm cool with that. And like I said, no one is calling them out on that. You know what I'm saying? Because it's going to be a learning curve. He's going to make mistakes. We realize all of that. I'm proud of the way the team played, man. I'm, 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 I'm not down at all. I'm actually very optimistic going into next week. And very optimistic going into um, conference play. It's just a couple of things that I thought, you know, in relation to us winning this game, we got the ball back with 43 seconds left, you know, before the half with three timeouts. I thought we should have made a push to try to score. Yes, you me too. Thank just, you for just, saying that. Just, just, just little things like that, you know. I, I, and, and I don't know if, I don't know if that's just. Our conservative coach, I don't know if that's him not trusting Zion. I don't know if, you know, trusting the defense. I'm not sure. I just thought that, you know, we, we playing out of conference. Obviously, this will be a big win for the university. I just thought right then and there, we should have went down and tried to score, take a shot, let Zion run it, do whatever, get a field goal range, um, go up six points. You know what I'm saying? You had momentum there, Jimmy. You had momentum, <laughs> you had, and then and then you turn around exactly. And and on the sec in the second half, the first drive, you go forward on fourth down at your own in your own uh, territory. So I don't get the the thought process there. Yeah. Like, are we going to be aggressive or are we not? I, I I don't know, but like I said, we like y'all pointed out. You know what I'm saying? We have an extremely young team, and we have an extremely young coach. That's just the reality of it. You yes. know what I'm saying? Young as far as like just his years of experience of being a head coach. So we're going to go through the growing pains. But being honest, man, I, I can't hold my head down on what I see. I'm you with know you. what I'm saying? Because I'm, with you. I'm, 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 I'm very, very excited about the future. And I'm proud of this team, man. I'm proud of the players. And like I said, see, and, and the only frustrating thing for me, and, and y'all said it, Look, I know Ben was playing well, 
and I know Ben was a starter, but it's like maybe, just maybe, if Zion would have started from day one, those mistakes that he had wouldn't have been made because it's a learning process. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And, and, well, on, and the, that's just, on that same note, on that same note, Jimmy, maybe, maybe the coaching staff saw this in practice and had serious reservations because he might turn the ball over a lot. So that could be, you know, you, you got to think of it for both sides. Yes, I agree with you. It could have given him more experience, but also the coaching staff obviously had some concern if he wasn't the starter from day one. So that might be look, the concern they I'm, had. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. The Buster staff said the same thing about playing coaching, and we see how that turned out. Yep. You're right. You see what I'm saying? I think so, they were trying to protect so, him, James. I really do. And I don't know if you saw him in spring, but I went down and watched him in spring three or four times. The fact that that guy wasn't our day one starter blew my mind. I, I still can't. I, That's I can't, what I'm saying. I still don't understand it. I mean, you see it on the field now. And I think, and ba- talking about your, uh, your comment about how we didn't try to score before the half, I think they were trying to protect him. Look, but the, we, the, word, no the word is that he was throwing it into – coverage and he was making some risky throws in practice and all. you gotta let the guy grow up if you're gonna let him grow up on the field just let him do it so so listen i was listening to an interview that mike tomlin had and he was talking about just that comment that you made about him throwing into to double coverage or him make, making risky throws mike tomlin was talking about how teaching is a direct, I mean, coaching is a, is a direct correlation into teaching that someone make is making these decisions or mistakes based on your ability to teach them not to. You see what I'm saying? So what I'm trying to say is, obviously, if he has the talent, if this is our guy, teach him not to do these things. He's not, he's a smart kid. He's very talented. You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure he's not going to make the same mistake twice. I was about so to ask you that. Him, Do you see him making the same basic? No. I don't either. And and it goes back to no. your point. This this could have been solved before ODU. That's what I'm saying. Like, teach him. Teach him, like, hey, man, look, obviously I see you make this mistake. Let me teach you on what to do when you're in this position. You know what I'm saying? So what I'm saying is, I wasn't upset with the two interceptions because, like y'all said, I, this was going to come one way or another. Like, he, the guy's young. He's a freshman. He's a redshirt freshman, right? That's right. Redshirt freshman, I think. That's right. Yeah. Hey, and he's by the way, freshman. it's not like he doesn't this have a good quarterback happen. coach. Quarterback coach is George Munoz, who won a national championship with what they call the greatest offense of all time uh, with Joe Burrow at LSU. So yeah. uh, he's being coached by one of the best – uh, you know, based on what the critics say, he's one of the best that ever was. So there's no way you can't coach these basic issues out of him. It's just reps. It's just reps. And that was my entire argument starting the season. If he's going to grow up, just let him grow up. And I hate saying this, man, and I probably shouldn't say it, but <sighs> Munoz was the same guy that was starting Chris Mason over Blank Ocean. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, I know. That's I know. The truth. Uh, it's that's true. The truth. You're right about that's that. That's the truth. You know what I'm saying? So, what I'm trying to say is, here's my perspective on it, and maybe y'all can agree or disagree. But my perspective on it is, 
he should have been day one based on his upside alone. And he's going to make mistakes because he's a young player. But we have to teach him how to work through that because eventually he's going to be our guy. What sucks is the same when y'all said that there's teams DMing him, we know that that's true. So I'm I'm praying that we're able to see the finished product, but we might not be able to. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm hoping that we able to see the finished product because this is a quarterback. This is the type of talent that'll lead us to where we was a few years ago. We were when the confetti was coming down at Cajun Field, and they were presenting the trophy, and you know we were ranked. This is the type of talent that'll lead us to that point. You know what I'm saying? So, well, we James, have a young team. Based on what um, you've been being able to watch, all right, and I might be wrong. Uh, I know we had a couple of stars on that team, a 13-win team, all right? I see a lot of this. We we might be more complete as far as talent goes at every at every position group than we were in that on that 13 team, a 13-win team. Do you see the talent that I see? Yeah. Man, the the the, the thing that is very I don't want to say surprising but the, well, I guess I say surprising that we have such a young team, and to be honest, they're playing well. Like, yeah, we see a few mistakes here and there, but I, I, it might be it might be a more complete team with Napier based on experience alone. You know, you had a couple guys that maybe had one or two years under HUD, and maybe had more of you know experience playing yeah. on Saturday night. Experience nights. was deep, right? You know what I'm saying. But but I, I'm gonna be honest, like, and y'all might not agree, but I can't be too hard on coaching because it's like the fact that we're still in these games with such young talent, like that's telling me something. Agree. Because we could be getting blown out the water with with this with these young guys on the field, but we not. We're we right used there. to. We used to get you blown know? out the water, you know, and we're not at that right. point in, in our in our program anymore. And and that's right. encouraging. Now look, you got to start winning some of these games. But again, like you said, I'm not going to hate on this team as young as they are. And we knew that coming into the season. Nothing, none of this is a surprise. This is all stuff that we knew coming into the season would be a thing, and it is. And we just got to get better, like Josh said. And I think we are getting better. It might not be by leaps and bounds every week, but you do see progress, and you do see. Things getting better every week, so that's what's encouraging to me. And Jimmy, comment on this, but let me say this. This is the unspoken truth that nobody wants to talk about, and I'll say it. I don't care. In a lot of ways, we're building for 2024. In a lot of ways, we absolutely are. I agree. But you want to win this year, and I understand the the urgency of college football and understand the urgency of Mike and getting the job, and I, I get it all. But if you have, if you look at this team through the lens of we're building to 2024, I mean, damn, we're ahead of schedule. For sure. For sure. I agree with that. I agree with that, man. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I I, I have to – and that's what I try to tell the fans that may not know as much as we know. That, look, we have a young team. So for us to even be competitive speaks volumes to the coaching job that's being done. Next year, if we don't get – if the transfer, I don't even like talking like that because 
I'm not even prepared for the surprises that may come once the season is over with. So I'm hoping that that doesn't happen. So we're just going to speak to it just being we have the same team going into next year. Our expectations next year is going to be way higher than what we have currently right now because a lot a, a lot of our young players, like the corner, what's his name, 21? The one who got called for the, the BS pass interference call that Ke- wasn't Keon, in the pass interference. Keon Martin. Isn't he a freshman or something like that? Well, no, I said that he was a freshman. He's actually a redshirt junior. He's a transfer. I thought he was one of ours. Same thing. I thought he played well. He played like, I great. Thought, like, I agree. I and he's getting he better. He's bad. getting better every week. That's what I'm saying. Like a red shirt junior, like a transfer, obviously you left because you felt like you wasn't getting as much playing time as you could get. So he came here to get more playing time, which means he's inexperienced. So for him to be inexperienced like that and to go out there and play the way he played, I was impressed. That I agree. pass interference call was not a Horrible. pass interference call. Horrible. Listen, if that was past the fans, if that was past the fans, then when I played, then I got manhandled because that's not even that's not even that wasn't even close. Jimmy, he had his hand in his face mask. That wasn't pass interference on us. I'm sorry, I don't care. I don't know. No, that wasn't. That was home cooking, hundred percent. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So I don't know, but what I'm saying is, I can't, I, <laughs> I can't put too much on coaching because. I think they're doing a great job. I just think situationally, yes, with the 43 seconds, with a couple of things, like we came out when we first got the ball, throwing the ball down the field. And it's like, I knew it when we, when we stopped them and we got the ball back. I was like, please, let's not be cute. Let's still be aggressive. Because if we can be aggressive and, and, and drive the ball downfield, because just like y'all said, I was thinking the same thing. Let's keep the ball in Zia's hands. If we win or lose and it's in his hands, we I'm, we good with that. I don't care. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just yes. let him take over the game. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, because not only does he need that for growth, but he needs that just so he knows that, look, we got your, you our guy, we got your back. Like, it's on you. You know? It's just, a vote just, of confidence. Just, just for moving forward. Like, hey, I would call a play and I would literally tell him, run if you want to run, whatever decision you want to make, make that decision. But I'm good with it. I don't change the play if you have to. I don't care. How much it's on, how it's, much it's autonomy do you think they're giving him right now? I don't think not because Zero. I agree. Not, us not us not going down the field with forty three seconds and three timeouts, it lets me know that he has none. That lets me know right then and there. Because a coach that trusts his quarterback would say, we got three timeouts, 43 seconds. Let's at least, at the worst, get in field goal range. We yes. didn't even try to do that. Yes. We got a kicker that's five for five on the season. You know? Give him a so shot. So it's like, I don't know, man. And and look, I hate to say it, but I know a, I know a bunch of things happened, but that might have been a difference in the game right there, man, because you never know what could have happened, how that could have swung you know, anything. Because I felt like if we would have kicked the field goal right there, it would have been, what, 2014? Right, and say. and you knew they were getting the ball in the second half. Right, right. So why would you you come out, the first play is you run the ball, and then you don't run. And, and listen, I didn't disagree with running the ball on that first play because you never know what can 
spraying with Ken Lee. But I'm like, I'm I'm yelling at the screen. I'm like, time out, time out, time out, time out. And I see Zion running out the field, and I'm like, there's no way we're really about to take this lead and just go. Like, we just had a huge turnover, and we really about to just take this three-point lead and be comfortable with that and go inside. I, I did not agree with that. But hey. Here's my problem with it, Jimmy. My problem with it is you've got a team that, again, I'll call them the human rain delay because they're not going to go up tempo and beat you that way. They take their time on offense, and you saw what happened when they tried to press. Callie Atlantis right. threw, you know, threw an interception. He made a mistake. Right. So you're not getting a team that is going to go into a hurry-up offense and try to get 30 yards to get into field goal range. you got a team that that takes its time offensively. So if something bad happens, let's say Zeon goes deep and gets intercepted at the 40-yard line, and he, and they bring it back you know, and cross midfield, and they're at their own uh, at their 45 they still got to, you know, they still got to offensively drive down the field. And I don't have a ton of confidence that they can necessarily do that. So that was my problem with it. Even if you make a mistake, there is not a great chance that they're, they're going to score. So just take a couple of chances uh, and and you know, see what happens. And I think that's the problem I had with it is that you you you've got an offense that is built to be methodical and not quick striking. So even if you make a mistake. It's it's probably the end of the half anyway. So why not try? For sure, for sure, and that's that's the only problem. It's, it was like we were playing to be conservative, and I just I didn't agree with that. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, but let's go down here and try to at least make it a six point lead instead of three. And that's 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 my whole thing, you know. But hey, I'm not the coach, so I'm just. Spectating. Josh loves it. Josh loves when people say that they're not a coach. He loves when people preface their comments by saying that. We so banned, I can see him burning up right now. We banned that saying. At the, <laughs> was I that, said it oh, one was like three years ago. Yeah. I apologize. No, hey, I apologize. James, oh, thank you very much for your comments. I always appreciate hearing what you have to say. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know what you got going on, but I appreciate you taking time out to do it. It's all good, man. I'm gonna try to come every game, man. You know how I am. So I'm surprised Terry ain't on right now. Is he on? Like, no, he's he's not on. Hey, did your uh, did your dad find his phone from last week? Well, it was having a meltdown at the tailgate, man. Yeah, I think I think he did. To be honest, because I was at work when I called last week. <laughs> I was at work. <laughs> he's so, probably in his back pocket. I, I, yeah, probably. You know, he you know he's knocked out right now. You know, too many beers. So hey, bro, you know, you know he, how that is. He was having a good time last week. That's all I know. For sure. For sure. And he's having a good time right now being sound asleep. So <laughs> I thank y'all. I thank y'all for uh, having me, man. Um, I just, I just want to ask before we move on, how do y'all feel about, like, the administration? Like, I know we talked about it a little bit last week, but how do y'all feel going forward? Do y'all feel like something has changed? Do y'all feel like we just kind of stuck in the mud as far as like getting the fans support and stuff like that? I'm going to pass that comment on to Nick. Oh man. Um, I look, because, because I, the I, reason why I ask, the reason why I ask is because I've actually talked to a few people and I've seen someone post about joining the RCAF like that would change a whole bunch of stuff, but I just feel like that's not going to change anything because we have people that's 
that's in our that's in the administration that's not even being conscious of like what we're trying to say, like not even being acceptable or not even being open to the changes that we're trying to make or what we're saying that we need to make to make our university successful. So okay, all right, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. All right, let me chime in now. Yes, right, that, that's enough. Uh, there yes, you are, yes, Chris. I was yes. waiting. Perfect <laughs> timing. This is a good. This is a good transition for me to come in because I'm kind of hearing enough with regards to RCAS. Okay, we can ahead, sit, we can sit here and we can point fingers and we can have all the solutions of what needs to happen within the university and outside the program, reflecting on the community and how they should be involved. My point is, and everybody's point, and it needs to be understood across all boards, the only tangible thing that you can possibly do from a fan, from somebody from the outside that can actually make a difference amongst the program, is support RCAF. Because those dollars directly reflect the athletic university, and it directly makes an impact towards athletics coming from your support. It's the only tangible thing outside buying a season ticket or a regular season ticket that you can do. And when you don't join RCAF and you consistently come on these podcasts and you're pointing fingers of this needs to happen, this this needs to happen, we got to do this, we got to do that, you're nothing but a coward to me. And it's got to stop. It has to stop. I'm not going to bite my tongue about it anymore. Join RCAF, make a difference. And maybe Terry's not on right now because he's joining RCAF. I have confidence in him. It's very possible. Now, let's get to the game, okay? As far as the game, the reason why I say Minnesota was the better team, and Matt, I think you may, you were making my point without trying to make my point on accident, and that is when you have a more dominant offensive line, somebody that can come up and just with an identity can say, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to push the ball down the field. To me, the game's already over. A dominant offensive line running the ball at will really changes the entire dynamics of a game. And I just think they had that over us. Now, I think our offensive line, we played well. And I'm not saying that if we were to switch offensive lines, their offensive line comes to ours and ours goes to theirs. I think their defense uh, along their front seven and along their defensive side of the ball was big enough to kind of handle us uh, on our, as far as us trying to make a push from our offensive line. So I think that was the big difference. And that's why I say they were the better team. I think they could have just ran the ball on us as well. And I love the analogy that Nick uh, gave earlier as far as who they are. I mean, that, that's, they have an identity. That's who they are. It's boring. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to wake up on Saturdays and say, oh, yeah, I'm going to grab a beer, open up a can, just watch Minnesota football. No, hell no. It's, it's ridiculous. But that's who they are. And kudos to them for over the years establishing who they are. We know who they are. And I think with Zion coming into the bowl for the past several weeks, we are slowly starting to establish an identity for us. Now, the second point I like to make, and that's one that I agree with, I think everybody across the board, is the decision at the end of the first half to not try to get something going. And my point is, with 45 seconds left and three timeouts, and overall, I think Mike called a very good game. I, I was I was Agreed. pleased with the overall play calls. Agreed. And, and listen, I, I heard Nick and Matt and, and you look, that's your opinion, and I respect your opinion because I really don't think there's a wrong opinion when it comes to the fourth and four or fourth and five, whatever it was. I can get where you kind of on the side, ah, don't go for it, punt it. To me, I, I was more on the side, hey, you know, let's go for it. I, I'm okay with wait, this. Wait, wait, I really wait. I'm okay with Why? that. Why? I, I want to hear your rationale behind that. The, re- the reason was because I just thought they were having our way with us defensively. And I just thought that it, the game was ultimately going to come down to a shootout. And I think when you have a guy like Zion, you can come up to – 
you can go up to the line of scrimmage and you can play 11 on 11 because he is somebody that can change the whole dynamics of the game and use his legs to get a first down. If you're creative enough, right. and that's the next point I'm going to make. Right. I think with somebody like Zion coming in, as someone with a phenomenal talent like he has, who possesses all those abilities, I think we need to start becoming more creative on the offensive side of the football and able to utilize all of his skills. But the point, let me go back to what I was saying about the first half, at the end of the first half of, of not going for it. There's a safe way you can approach it, okay? And I think one of the most dangerous things that Dion does, and I've talked about this for the last couple of weeks with close buddies of mine, when Dion goes in the bootleg fake and he gets in the open space, that's when he's most dangerous. He is most effective when he, when he does that, when he gets out into open space in the bootleg. And I think you do that on the opening play of, of the sequence. You get him out in space and either you take a shot downfield if you have somebody in a nine route that's wide open or someone who's getting a one-on-one and can possibly create separation, try to take a shot downfield. Or, or like we've seen with Dion in the last couple of weeks, just take off and go. Just go, right. just go. Right. And somebody like him has the ability to pick up 25, 30, or even 80 yards to the house. We see him do that. And I think with somebody, look, you got Ben or Chandler in the game, I think who does not possess those type of abilities, I can understand, you know, take a knee, you don't want to take any shots, but Dion in a safe manner, okay? You want to be safe with the football. Because the last thing you, you don't want to do is you want to turn the ball over and give them on a sudden change on a short field, give it back to Minnesota with 40 seconds left. I think you either take a shot down the field or you take off and run. And but if do you don't you, like it, you, you go down. Do you think they were trying to protect him there? What, what's your I, I opinion on that? I, I don't I, I don't know. I don't know if maybe they were prepared for a situation like that. I don't have the answers for you, and I'm not going to speculate. But I'm with everybody else. I was really hoping to see something. Because, listen, we have a kicker who's on a roll right now. There, there you uh, go. There you what, go. What, what is it, 11 for 11? Try to get yourself in a position to put more points on the board. Go into halftime and, like, the point you guys made earlier, they were getting the ball in the second half. And this was the sort of game, the flow of the game was kind of showing, like, in other words, that it could have came down to whoever was going to get the ball last. Uh, and that's what I was worried about. So I think, you know, you take chances and that's, in that type of situation, you have the right quarterback for that who can pick up 15, 20 yards just on his own. And uh, I was, to me, that was a little bit disappointing. But overall, I, I like the game plan. Um, let me give you a – I'm going to say this one thing, and I'm not going to stay on. I'm, I got to get off. I got some stuff I need to do. But I think it's become so redundant among coaches and post-game press conferences to say, yeah, we played hard. You know, I'm proud of our guys. Guys, I, I just – I like to watch a lot of individual efforts when I watch the game, and I'm sure James and others, former players, they do the same thing. And I just saw a lot of lackluster effort, especially on the defensive side of the football. I really? just didn't see wow. I didn't see the tenacity that I've seen in previous weeks or in previous games from last year. I was a little bit disappointed in that regard. Um, but I, I, I think there's a lot you can take away from this film. Uh, I think this was a good game for us to see exactly where we stand as a program. I think we, you know, we still have an opportunity to keep trending forward and. And like what Mike said in the post in the post game, we all of our goals are still out in front of us. So there's nothing to panic about. I think uh, one of the best, I think the best point one of y'all made today was what 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 Brett what Butler said earlier. Zion, if he would have started from week one, maybe he would not have made those mistakes. I never thought about that, but that's a good point. So you know he's still getting his legs under him. He's still trying to understand the offense, the flow of the defense, and. Uh, that being said, guys, uh, I'm looking forward to next week. In the road trip, because I always take one road trip again a year, 
the one big road trip I'm going to make this year is South Alabama. I hope to see you guys out there. But thanks for the time, guys. See you all later. All right, Chris. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate you chiming in. I I I love Chris, I love Chris the comments. Really, Chris really called me a coward, bro. I'm about to cry <laughs> now. Man, put you on blast. I'm about to cry now, bro. Like I didn't I didn't I didn't expect. Like I didn't appreciate that, man. I'm about to cry. Look, I'm I'm gonna you say know? I agree. I agree with some of what Chris said. People just need to join. If you know it's their join. But I will also say there have been times where I've called the office multiple times to give money and radio silence. And nobody's calling back. I know, but he didn't have to like call me out. Like he had to say I'm a coward. I think he was talking about Terry. (laughs) I think he was talking about about Terry. I'm about to cry, but he's just saying that because like he just saying that he just called me out because we went to the same high school and then when I signed at UL he didn't call me to congratulate me oh, or like show oh, me around man. and all that so I just felt like that was his get back because I called him out on the radio <laughs> so like I really feel some type of way like I'm really feel about the cry now because I just you know I've been drinking you know what I'm saying so like I like I, I don't appreciate that but now nah, like honestly though but what he said was true because this is really as fans that I will agree with that. That's the only thing that we can really control. You know what I'm saying? So, well, especially for me, you know, so I'm definitely going to join, but he didn't have to say that. Like, you know, he had to like, just come on here and just say, I think you're a coward. Like, God, leave. <laughs> like, come on, man. Hold on, James, 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 you realize, <laughs> you realize you just put yourself on blast because I didn't say any individual name. I had no idea you were not a part of our cast. We all knew you, you were talking about Terry. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> he, he, he took the poison and he didn't even realize it. Nah, it's oh, man, all nothing good. But, nothing, but, nothing but love here. But guys, seriously, join our cast. It's the one difference we can make. We got to do it. All right. Love y'all. See y'all later. Bye. Yeah. All sure. right, I'm going to do that, man. I'm going to do that. Hey, um, hey, Jimmy, listen to up? this. Did y'all see that they have announced that we're going to have a blackout on uh, against what? Texas State? We're gonna have a That's blackout. Week, right? We're gonna have a blackout what time, at two thirty. What time is that game? At two thirty in the <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> the game is at two thirty. ESPN, uh, either you or two. I don't. It hasn't been finalized, but good Jimmy, luck. You were asking me about administration. There's your answer, bro. <laughs> no, bro. There's no way y'all making that up. There's no way God. that game is at two thirty. Yeah, there's no it, way. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's the second uh, flight or whatever for. Uh, for it's not prime time. It's right before prime time, but it's on the ESPN U or ESPN two. One of the well, two. don't worry. Daryl Longclaw's not wearing black on game day again, so you can throw that out for him because I guess that didn't work for us today. Yeah. Oh my god, it's gonna be hot, brother. And look, man, but Chris, Chris is right. Chris is right. Everybody should join the RCAF in some form or fashion, and I get all that. The only pushback that I, I, I I'll say it because I had the same issue. When you have people employed that their salaries are coming from the general fund and you don't want to support that program or whatever, there should be, like, now they have the Champions Fund, which is, that is necessary. They have the, the, the Go Fund or the, the Go Move Fund or something like that, and that is more initiative-focused. So I would encourage anybody, like, if you have a certain area that you want to give to or if you want to give to uh, the NIL, they have the NIL Collective with John Aiken and uh, Crew Allah and all that stuff, that is also very directly related to success. If you want to keep Zeon in Lafayette, might want to start saving up your pennies to give to that. You know what I mean? 
there's a way. It, it doesn't necessarily have to be to the general fund, but there are plenty of opportunities to give to the to, to the university and help the the process and the mission. And I get all that. And he's 100% right on that. Uh, I think the trepidation is how money's been spent in the past with just the general fund. But now we have more focused areas to give. Yeah, I agree, man. Uh, Chris is right, though, man. You know, like you said, um, I don't even want to. Why y'all keep bringing that up? Like y'all not. I'm, I feel like Terry is on this call now. He's not even there. <laughs> Can we stop bringing up Zion not being the left here? Let's just not like you know power with a tongue. Let's Thank just you. Not even like let's just not bring that up. Like let's. It's just, almost let's like just... it's almost like you're willing it to happen. Let's just not talk about it because it's no, not going to happen. Yeah, it's the, no, it's the announcer jinx. If you say it out loud, it won't happen. But look, but look, I have tr- look Zion, and I know Josh. I said this earlier, and you were like, oh, don't give me that crap about being a good person and all that." I think Zion. God forbid, is, I want to be a good person. I think no, but I said Zion is a good dude. I said Zion has great morals. I like the way he he carries himself. And I don't think we have to worry about it. I'm going to stick with that. I think Zion's a good dude. I I don't know that somebody coming with, with NIL money is going to wait, make him leave us. I think this is where he wants to be. I pray that's where he wants to be, but I think Zion's a good dude. And I think he's going to deal with all that crap. And, so I have Napier be like, hey, Zion, I got 1.2 for you right now. That's it. He don't have 1.2. Napier, they trying to get rid of Napier. Napier's I done. Know, last I, week, okay. last right. week he was but, the savior. Hey, this week Kiffin got 1.2. Kiffin got 6.8. They get Listen, I, I, they, it, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. We, we have to prepare ourselves. It's coming. If he stays, more power to him. I'm just telling you, this level of college football, these days, we are a minor league system. I hope we get him for two more years. It. Y'all missing it, though. Y'all missing it, though. It's not even him. It's the fact that we have a young team. Eventually, these guys are going to be, you know, say exactly what we're expecting them to be. They're going to become. So they're going to be picked off, too. Like, that's just well, where I know. We, we had right a guy. Now. That's where we, we're at. We had a guy on here for an interview, you know, less than six months ago. And next thing you know, he's playing a two-lane of all yeah, places. Man. It, so it, it, look, it, look, I'm not mad about it. Look, uh, Happiness is slave to expectation. Happiness it. is slave to expectation. You have to you have to reevaluate where we're at in NCAA football, and this is just where we are. We can elevate our program to a point where we are maybe a two lane, uh, and, and which which is so ridiculous because two lane was completely insignificant five years ago. But, and they're going to be insignificant again, Josh. I'm not uh, like they will be. But but the point is is that we need to get our stuff in order. We need to get our funding in order to keep our players in town. Once we do that, there, we, 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 do, we need to do a better job of marketing the fact that there is a clear line to the playoff from Lafayette, Louisiana. You can make the playoff from this school by winning the Sun Belt. Right, right. We got to do better. Be we got to do a better job marketing that, Jimmy. More I'm, people I'm need to know that. I'm going to be honest with you, man. I think this is doing such a good job. I feel like Dez is doing such a good job with these young guys, man. I just feel like I can't count them out because, like I said, I just I'm, I'm I've been impressed to be honest. Because, like Chris said, I thought he called a great game too. I just didn't understand like one or two decisions, like situationally. But it's like I I thought he called a good game too, and it was like I thought 
he should have been more aggressive. I, so, I will I will disagree with y'all on a couple of plays. It, it happened four or five times. Stop rolling him out to the left. Stop it. I don't care if it's the naked side or not. Stop rolling him out to the left. Give him the opportunity to run or pass. I don't care if it's to the weak side. Roll him out to the right. Roll him out to the right. Too many times we rolled him out to the left and the play was totally dead. That's my only issue, that and not going forward in the, at the end of the second quarter. And we know, did that man. with Ben, too. And we did it with Ben, know, too. Man, because, because I feel like if you just roll him out to the right, you can better game plan for that, though. Like, but Jimmy, I just feel like, and also this, if you roll him out to the left, he, he, he wants to make a play so bad. You can see it when he plays. You can see it on his film. Right. He will throw it right. across his body. You're putting him in a bad right. position. Roll that man out to his right and let him make a decision. Give him two options. Right. If it's not there, run. I don't understand why that's so difficult. And look, I'm not an offensive coordinator. I get it. I'm just saying, look at Nick. Nick gave me the look. You can't say that. You're not a coach. Uh, just, I don't understand. You're you're limiting his options when you roll him out to the left. Growing I don't pains, get it. Man. I don't get it. Growing pains, man. We just going through growing pains, but I'm I'm very optimistic. I'm you know I'm I just want to say this before I think it all. I'm very pleased with the optimism that's on here. Now that Terry's not on here, like I'm very like pleased with that <laughs> because like now like I can go and like you know do what I have to do for the rest of my day and not feel upset that we lost because I didn't have someone on here speaking for ten minutes straight about how much we suck. So I appreciate, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just, just the conversation that we're having. So, well, Jimmy, you know, you know what? I, if if we poo-poo the bed against, like, a ULM, then then you you don't want to come on this stream. But, yeah, but you, already know how, you already know I'm how it goes. I'm not even going to be on. I'm not yeah, even going to come on. But games like this, I mean, I mean, look at the fact. And, and one thing that Krippa uh, said something, and it made me remember that at some point in the game, and I think it was later in the game when we it was still a little bit close, I think Draylon had had the I mean if he wasn't tackled by his shoestrings he'd have been off it'd have been six and yeah. the, and the game would have either been tied or we'd have been ahead so it's it was that close man it was that close it, it really was just a couple of plays away from us taking the lead and its whole momentum so there were so many yeah. things that happened in the game that really changed the course of how it ended but you can't be upset with that and you can't be upset with the young quarterback and I think again, as as Josh said, we're getting better. It might be in in minute details, but as long as we see progress, I don't think anybody on this podcast is going to complain about it. I'm gonna be honest with you. Like I, I plan on getting the coaching at some point. Zion could have went out there and threw 17 to, like 17 interceptions. I don't care. Like we either gonna win or die by like what you're doing. Thank like you. at 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 that point, like we're gonna like it's, it's on you, bro. Like. Whatever you want. Like I said, if I call a pass play and you want to run it and you want to change it, it's on you. Because not only are you that talented, but psychologically I need you to let you know that I trust you. Yes. To do whatever you need to do. Yes. So, so and no matter what mistake you make, like with a young player, it's imperative. Like with a young player, that's so important, especially with a quarterback. Like he needs to know that you have the confidence in him to do what he needs to do. So I don't care if he went out here and threw like seven interceptions back to back. Like it don't matter. Like I don't think we would have been like yeah we would have been upset, but it's like oh if he had thrown seven win. interceptions back to back, Jimmy, you and I would be out here. Being well, yeah, but, yeah, but at right. the same time, I get what you're right. saying. His point is well taken right. though. 
you, you, you know right. you know how bad social media is especially in the cajun nation look at look at the podcast i mean look at i mean y'all can't see the comments but all of this is mostly positive look this is a different people understand this is a different talent this is this is something we i mean honestly in my lifetime we haven't seen maybe blaine but but zeon's better he has more tools than blaine did and i love blaine he just has more tools so i gotta uh, give i gotta uh, give a shout out to the fan base for actually rec recognizing what we have here yeah man i'll be honest with you uh zeon is 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 one of one i say that the only thing with blaine is he was shorter you know what i'm saying um zeon is I, all of six two like, and two fifteen i mean he ain't like small arm strength though like arm strength i have to give it to blaine though you know I have to give it to Blaine because Blaine was just, I was low key scared to catch pass from Blaine because it was like, not only was he a lefty, but he was throwing it so hard and like quick that it was like, <laughs> yeah. I, it was crazy to judge, <laughs> yeah. you know? So, um, but yeah, man, I like we, we've never really seen this before. And, um, I'm hoping he stays, man. But like I said, we're not going to speak to that, but I see my boy Savoy in here. You know what I'm saying? I just need y'all to, you know, acknowledge that Savoy scored more touchdowns than me in my college career. Look, I just man, want to throw that out there. Adam, dog, you know what I'm saying? Adam is always in the space. Adam, even though he's doing big things at UAB and Purdue and all these other places, just big time in us. He's doing he's doing all this. He's always in the space looking out for the Cajuns. So yeah, Adam's always Come home, around. man. Come home, Adam. Come home, bro. Like what you doing, man? Come you, home, man. bro. We you know, we need you, man. Come home, man. You know what I'm saying? Just 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 you know, be with us. But look, man, I thank y'all. I appreciate y'all for having me. You know, I'm going to be on next week. Of course, I know we're going to be talking more positive. We're going to get a, we're going we gonna to get that dub next week. We're moving okay, in the I right direction. The, the direction is positive. We're moving in the right direction. For sure. We're going to get that dub next week, man. Um, I don't know what Terry is. I'm kind of disappointed he's not on. I don't know who you got going on, but it's all good. So I appreciate y'all, man. I'm going to log out. All right, Jimmy. You know Terry's hey, going to listen to the podcast version, so don't worry. Uh, Corey, the man behind Al Bino. I, I don't know if you've ever spoken on the pod before, Corey. Welcome. No, I haven't. This is my first time. Welcome to the Raging Review podcast, brother. Let it go. Yo, I super appreciate y'all letting me speak. For sure. Um, yeah, so I compare today to our game versus Mississippi State in 2019, where we all saw the potential of the team. It was a back and forth, but, you know, I think we all left after 2019. I was like, we lost to a team that, that was there for the taking. And it's the same feeling today. Uh, I think we're all positive just because we, you know, maybe just a little bit of shock of just how talented we actually turned out to be in year two. And, you know, for such a, such a turnaround, you know, we were all kind of wondering after that ODU loss, oh man, is this going to be a long season? To like, there's an expectation to win the West. But back to, to today, it just feels like this team, this coaching staff, is a season away from taking down a mid-level Power 5 team like Minnesota today. And I think that's just frustrating for us is that we want that now it, and it, the pressure is going to continue to be on because our conference mates are doing so well beating beating p5 teams consistently and we only get these shots 
you know, so often, you know, against mid-levels like Minnesota. You know, last year's Florida State game, Florida State, you know, was in the upper echelon already. So understandable, but we only get so many shots against key pods um, so often. So I think that's why, that's what I'm feeling right now is so, so tough is that maybe if this game had come just a season later, we'd be having a completely different conversation. I love the Mississippi State comp. Nick, I'll let you comment. Just give me one second. I love the Mississippi State comp for so many reasons. You felt like you left a lot of opportunities on the field. You felt like Levi was a, a developing a real talent that we hadn't had. So, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Uh, so many so many parallels there. Um, as far as a season away, we mentioned earlier that we felt like maybe building towards 2024 was probably more of the, the proper lens to view this team toward. Um all of those things really, they, they go together for me. So I appreciate you pointing that out. Uh, Nick, Nick, where are you on it? I think Corey's on to something there. Yeah, I mean, to a certain extent, here's, I, I look, I would, I think Minnesota's trenches would have absolutely destroyed Mississippi State. So I think there was a better, I think we had more, not more of a shot, but I had a more bitter taste in my mouth against Mississippi State. Because one, we played it in the Superdome, which was stupid. And two, I feel like, uh, I think Minnesota, their offensive and defensive line was who we thought they were, right? I think Mississippi State was nowhere close to them as far as offensive defensive line when we played them. So I don't think, I was more pissed off at the Mississippi State game than I am here. Here, I'm like, all right, we got beat in the trenches. That's what I expected. But we were a couple of plays to your point, Corey, that we were a couple of plays away from actually not only being in this game, but probably winning it. So I uh, look, I, I think if if we if we were next year, I think if we're playing them at this point next year and we lose, I think I'd be a little more upset than I am now because you have a bunch of players that have a, a year of experience under their belts. But as, as young as we are with Zion in his second start as quarterback, I'm I'm not I'm not pissed off. I like what I saw today and I see the future in what what happened today. So, I think it's a different situation. I would again, I was more pissed off in that Mississippi State game than I am today. And Corey made a great point and I want to spend some time on it. Is are we surprised? Like go back to Rice and ULM last year. Go back to the complete and total gutting of the program when Napier left. Are we surprised with how phenomenally talented and developed we are across the board. I'm going to tell you personally, and, and I have, like, I talk about these guys all the time and nobody else does. Coach Giuliani and Coach Scott, two of my favorite coaches on the defensive side, I think that they're fantastic developmental coaches. Are we surprised by how talented Cam Whitfield, uh, um, uh, Kendrick Gant, uh, uh, Casey Osai, I mean, you go down the list, Caleb Edwards, uh, uh, Tyler Guidry, and I'm doing I'm going down the, the, the linebacker list, but look at the defensive line with McGriff and 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 think about this. We we lost Nelson. You know, we lost you you got Sonny Hazard, you got you got Wiser, you got Mason Narcisse, who overnight turned in he was an immature player, immature person to being a leader on the defensive line. Are we surprised by the depth and amount of talent we developed in a year? Because the answer for me, I'll be honest with you, I thought we were gonna be good and talented, but yeah. We have some high-end talent on this roster. No, I, I yes, I, I 100% agree with you. And 
look at where, again, we were last year at this time and where we are today and the conversations that we're having, totally different. Hey, Nick, what, totally were, we doing? Different. what were we doing in week five of last season? Exactly. We're getting beat and, by and, freaking ULM. And look, and that's why we I think we were so down on the team when we lost to ODU. But looking back, you look at that ODU game, and, and that was just, a, one, a bad matchup, and two, that quarterback just did his thing and he's done it over and over again now last week he didn't do so well well isn't but, ODU about to beat Troy right now well right that's what I'm saying so so I think we I, I think that's why we were so disappointed at ODU is because we were having CDS from Rice last year but I think we see so much I mean where we are at this point of this season and last season are two completely different things and I like the trajectory that we're going versus last year when we were just kind of like not knowing what to expect because we just got gutted and we have no idea what we have. Now we know what we have. Now we know what the future holds. And I think that's a lot more palatable when you have losses like this. And that's with a redshirt freshman quarterback manning the ship. You Corey, can't say that enough. Corey, any rebuttals? I mean, that, that's huge. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see going forward in this season the changes the coaches are going to make. Um, now that we know just the kind of talent that we have on the team, and I would put, I would bet it against anybody in this one, though. Um, Agree. I, you know, with this loss today, you know, Cripper said that you know we don't really have, or we're still finding ourselves identity-wise on the offense, and um, it, that's true to an extent. But you know, Minnesota said it; it's out there of like we love a balanced offense. We like to establish the pass through the run and coming out of the second half or going into the second half, our offense was perfectly balanced. That's why I was so successful. It was like a 160 yards passing, 104 yards rushing. I was like, wow, this is Louisiana office living up to a key. But Minnesota being the power five team that they are made adjustments and, you know, offensive screen wise, we, we still wanted to, be the same Louisiana that we're, we're trying to build our identity to. And I think that's where, the, that's where we had the stopgap. That's where the, the conflict came in. Um, we don't have the luxury that Minnesota has where they can just be them the entire, the, the entire way because of their line. Or we didn't put them in a position to make that change. You know, had the coaches been like, okay, Minnesota is probably going to change some things. And if we start airing it out, get some scores quick, they're going to not know what to do because we're going to make them uncomfortable. Offensive why we're going to make them go against their identity. That's why when the very first play of the game, we call, we call a go route. I love that. I love that. It yep. was, yep. it was honestly outside. Of if, if Minnesota's cornerback had not made a great defensive play, that would have worked, you know? And I, we, I don't think we try to throw the ball deep, for the rest of the game. Now, that's not necessarily our biggest thing, but we are known to take a few shots throughout periodically throughout the game. Um, and I just saw that not really there in the second half. So I think that also led into uh, led into our offensive woes because Minnesota was just they knew what they had. They knew how the only way that they were going to win that game was doing exactly what they knew how to do. And their defense made the adjustments to make sure that their offense stayed comfortable. So I just wish our offensive staff did the same. 
I think in the chess game that is football, I think the tough thing that our coaching staff had to decide was if you try to air it out and you get incomplete passes and you punt the ball back to Minnesota, you know they're going to eat the clock. But at the same time, if you try to eat the clock, you know they've got this huge defensive line that's going to be tough to run on. So you're really playing the odds a lot of this game to figure out, okay, if we if we score quickly, they're going to eat the clock. But if you're not successful in scoring, then they're going to get the ball back and eat the clock. And you're not going to get the ball back for another seven minutes because they're going to try to, you know, run it down your throat. So this was this was a lot tougher to game plan than I think even I anticipated going into it because I knew that they led the country in time of possession. But I felt like we would have a better opportunity running it. And again, there were a couple opportunities where shoestring tackles may have saved a touchdown uh by minnesota um but in i still think it was it was just really like you had to pick your poison and i think we just we i don't know that we really figured it out how we were going to go in and into this game as an identity other than if if nobody's open uh zeon's gonna run it i think that was really you know there were a couple of design quarterback runs but i think it was just like okay pass first if you can't do it you know Let's trust Zion to, to try to try to get some yards there. So it was it was tough to game plan against this team. I will say uh, I didn't I don't think I anticipated it being as as tough as it was. But as things kind of played out, I kind of understood how how this would be a challenge for us. And to illustrate the point, we've been averaging twelve possessions per game. We had four in the first half. Now we scored on three of the four, but they limited our opportunities to score. So I totally get that and. When you take a shot, you put yourself behind the sticks if you don't complete the pass. So, but I do agree with Corey is that you got to make them think about it. And I thought it was brilliant to get them thinking about the fact that we're going to stretch this defense uh, from the beginning. It told it told you, well, talking about the psychological part of it, like we talked about earlier with Jimmy, the psychological part of the football game in the process is that, hey, we're not scared to take a shot with this freshman quarterback. And I think that Kripa's best point that he made was that Minnesota knows who they are. And they have an identity. We are right in the thick of figuring out how we are going to develop our identity. And that was a lot of, in some ways, that was part of the uh, the separation in the game. So, Corey, uh, appreciate your comments. Before we let you go, can we get a mascot update? Because, you know, Raging Review has kind of latched onto that. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm putting on the final touches right now. Like, I've been really, really hard at work when it comes, it's going to be a lot more really, really hard at work at ironing out the character of, of Albino just to make it picture, picture perfect clear to everyone so that everyone sees what I see and that, to me, this character is the best representation or the best person to, one, get the community riled up, the fan base riled up, and just be as unique as the Rage and Cajun moniker itself. You know, I was, I've been on Minnesota boards for the past few days just to see what the other side's been thinking. And one of the things that they, 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 you know, they said, unpromoted is Raging Cajuns is the best nickname in the country. So I've always felt like a mascot should fit just that. And um, so I, I really want to nail this one for you guys. I'm super, super excited to show you what I've been working on. We're fired up. Keep fighting the fight. Um, I'll go over to Leslie's and toilet paper her house until she calls you back. Uh, we'll see how it works out, but Corey, thanks for joining me. We appreciate you. Uh, welcome to the, to the, uh, the voice side of the, the, the pod, but, uh, 
you know, I know we all we we see you always paying attention and we appreciate your support. Really nice talking to you guys. Looking forward to the next time. All right, buddy. Take care. Wouldn't it be great to get you know how they have those AI things that like predict what things will look like or all that? It'd be cool to see Albino in a, like an AI design, like in real life, what Albino would look like. It'll look like Ray Automa. <laughs> <laughs> I did not expect that to come out of your mouth. <laughs> hey, if you have any comments, folks, we see a few people still left in the uh, in the space. Please request to speak. We'll get you on. It's been a lot of fun hearing from everybody so far. Uh, overall, look, it's a loss. Nobody wants one of these moralistic, uh, hey, yeah, we played hard things. I know the boys wanted to win. We, we gave ourselves an opportunity to do so. Didn't work out. I still think the arrow points up for Dez and the boys. Um that's just where we are. We're, we're, we're still figuring some things out, and we're just going to have to be okay with that for a few weeks. I said it at the beginning of the season. I still believe it now. I think that we're a much better team in the second half of 2023 than we are in the first. And I really think that if you're not, if there's not something in the back of your mind telling you that we're projecting to 24, you're not viewing this team properly. We got we to gotta remember where we came from after the departure of Napier. At this time last year, we were being embarrassed by Rice and ULM. Now we're competing with Minnesota, who, no, I don't think they're great, but they're still they are a legacy program that over the last, you know, what, 12 years, they've been a very viable program. And they, they're your typical Midwestern, big offensive line, big defensive line uh, type of team. And we held our own. We're a few plays away from being right in that game down to the end. You can't, you can't question the effort from the team. You can't question the talent. We got to clean some stuff up. We got to stop beating ourselves in many ways. I'm not going to sugarcoat that part. That's for sure. Um, but look, we are where we are. We, we have a game against TJ Finley in Texas State, who we own, but are coming for blood. And we got to get ready for that. And the very first thing that the coaching staff needs to do is watch the tape, burn the tape, right? We got to move on to Texas State. That's the very most important thing. Conference is what is that's that's the rest of the season and that's what we need to be looking for. We're three and two. We lost to Minnesota 35-24. We put up a good um effort, but here we are. It's Texas State, and that's all that matters now, Nick. I was more pissed off at, at our performance in the second half against Buffalo than I am against losing to Minnesota. I mean, I'll be honest with oh, you, because I the yes, effort because was because it was, was 31 to 7 in the fourth quarter. Right, right. So um I'll, no, I I agree with with what you said. I think uh I think it's it's an upward trajectory from here. And uh, look, we got to protect the house. Part of that is showing up to the game. Yes, indeed. So again, bring your friends, encourage people to show up our town, our team, make that mean something and support the Cajuns. Cause we got, uh, we got some guys who are playing some really good, really good football right now. And it's going to be a fun game next week against Texas state. We got to protect. We, I think we're eight. No against them. We got to be nine and oh, we own them. We especially own them at home. Everybody, plan for Saturday to be a big event. Go tailgate. Get ready to go and cheer on the Cajuns. They're going to need it. It's going to be exciting. TJ Finley, former LSU quarterback. So all you LSU fans get to go see an next guy. Um, and I know you listen, so don't, I don't even want to hear. Don't write me. Don't write me. Uh, let's, let's pack Cajun field. Let's get the students involved. If the administration will leave them alone and let them tailgate. Um, please subscribe, rate, review the Razor Review Podcast, Facebook, Twitter, IG, LinkedIn, Tumblr, 
Reddit. I'm making stuff up at this point. Support the guys that support you. Go out and see the Cajuns play Texas State next Saturday. Thanks for joining. We will see y'all for the preview Tuesday, Wednesday-ish. And until then, for Nick, for Jerry, ooh, that looks good. Go Cajuns. <laughs>